Yeah, we should be we should be good to go. Sounds great. Welcome, welcome to uh, your first podcast. Last week was uh, my first go at it, and uh, we have the uh, holiday season upon us. And a little Christmas music. I can hear that. That's nice. Yeah, I got to throw that in there for with the, for the holidays for the kids. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll cover some current events, I think, before we get started. Let me have a sip of my sixth Red Bull of the evening. Uh, Christmas, all done Christmas shopping? I am, I am. I actually, I was going to ask you about the Red Bulls. I, I didn't know if you were going to keep it, you know, under three today or if you're just going to yeah. go all out this time. Well, the holiday season brings out the best in me and the stress in me. As I was out at uh, what I would call hell, this evening, I had to stop by Walmart to pick something up and uh, for a nephew, and it was chaos, and I didn't even find what I was going to look for, so that that meant I needed to have another Red Bull. So <laughs> I'm out. I'm not done. I'm not done shopping, even. Uh, we do have some more time because I won't see my nephew until after Christmas, so that will be fine. Uh, but I have uh, a mountain of gifts to wrap in front of me that I will be doing this evening, tomorrow evening, and late into the evening on Christmas Eve. How about yourself? You uh, you got to get Amazon. I, I didn't set foot in a mall this year other than to accompany Liz while she was doing her shopping. But, yeah, I bought everything on Amazon, although I will say I'm, I'm down in the basement right now. I have about 100 pieces of a of a little toy kitchen set all over the floor. And uh, I'm looking at these instructions, which if you've ever seen instructions, any of these complicated things, they just show you a picture and expect (laughs) you to like be able to put the whole thing together. So I, uh, I'll have a, at least least that was thrown in your lap before Christmas Eve. I've had that. (laughs) I had to build a Playmobil castle after we go to a family friend's house every Christmas Eve till, you know, 1030, Many cocktails are had, and I come home half in the bag, and my wife brings Stacy brings this down, puts it in front of me, thinking, "Oh, it'll take." It looks by the picture, it's not going to take very long, and that was a 2 a.m. bedtime for me on Christmas Eve. Uh, that didn't go down very well, but yeah, we I do most of my stuff through Amazon. There's a few things that I just you know we you know we forget about, and then this week we had to just you know we had a list to cover, get that over with. That meant me going out and torturing myself. Um, many Red Bulls and dip consumes over the last week. <laughs> so, um, needless to say, I'm uh, I'm ready for the week to be over, but I have to go to work tomorrow. But um, the other topic of current events, obviously, did you see the high? No, I wouldn't say a highlight. That's inappropriate. Did you see the video of the shooting of the the Russian ambassador to Turkey? I did. did happen. I did. That was oh, crazy. God. Yeah. I mean, it literally seemed like a. a, a a clip out of Bobby and Steve's favorite TV show ever, 24. It just seemed so surreal. And the picture, I get it because the media was there. It was clear as day. And the guy just seemed, he was all clean cut in a suit. He was on his, you know, security detail. It just seemed like right out of a movie and then freaky. And the thing is, I was numb to the fact of like him actually getting shot. It's just because I've seen it so many times in movies and TV shows. It just seemed like, oh, yeah, yeah, that looks like what it would look like. And it's crazy, but uh, I guess that's what we deal with with uh, instant gratification media these days. The last topic of current events that I wanted to ask you about, your thoughts on Grayson Allen and his 
Tripgate lately. Do you think it's good or bad for college basketball? Uh, I mean, it's it's both, but Duke, everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people hate Duke, and it just seems like something, you know, right up Duke's alley that to have this sort of this punk kid that just that doesn't get it, that looks at everything, uh, you know, all about him, and he makes a horrible decision. It's the third time he's done it. He gets a technical, gets taken out of the game, and then he's the one who's upset, you know, instead of being apologetic, showing any remorse, like understanding that he messed up. It's it's like he loses his mind, uh, and it's just it's unexplainable. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what he was thinking to react like that. And then Coach K tries to dismiss it, and all of a sudden it's a huge news story today, and now we find out he's suspended indefinitely. Um, you know, so to your to your question, it's good because everybody's talking about college basketball. They're kind of they they're invested in their opinion on what happened. Um, but uh, you know, for Duke, I think it's a real black eye. It's just another another bad uh, example for the program of a of a player that is is hated. And and this more than maybe any of the other players, JJ Redick. Um, you know, you think about Christian uh, Leitner. Christian Leitner, right. I mean, they, they have a, a, a long list of players that just people have disliked, but, you know, they, they didn't really necessarily do anything that bad. Um, and and then this kid is just seems like a, a straight-up punk. So, yeah, I don't know. I think um, it's good for college basketball, bad for Duke. I think it's fantastic for basketball, college basketball specifically. And this uh, being I'll be like my predecessor, our predecessors on these podcasts, I'll relate it to myself and my team. I think having a vill- having a villain in college basketball is great for college basketball because it, it has everyone rooting even more so than they would in the past against Duke and beating Grayson Allen, the evil Grayson Allen, for tripping a kid. Everybody roots against the chins and ha- wants the chickens to lose, but it's great for the YFFL when the chickens are good because everybody wants to beat them and everyone wants to pay attention. And I think having a villain makes you this week look like the potential hero if you could dethrone the chickens. I don't know if that's going to happen, but we'll discuss that a little later. But for now, we'll jump into the main topics of the YFFL here. Uh, Steve's favorite topic of the of the season, the Super Bowl playoffs, which he has nothing to do with at this point. Uh, we'll uh, recap real quick uh, the last two games that took place in the semifinals, which got the, um, which saw Bobby basically shooting himself in the foot by not replacing Julio Jones in his lineup, ended up losing the game because of the tiebreaker rule, which Steve lost to last year, lost the finals to the chickens because of the touchdown tiebreaker rule. Your thoughts on the games? Did Bobby just not pay attention enough? Is he going to use it? Uh, he has an excuse of uh, the nice 65-degree weather that he was outside and enjoying while we're all freezing up here in the Northeast. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you, Nick. I didn't spend a lot of time looking at the, the Super Bowl. As you should. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good thing for the league. Don't get me wrong. I just I'm less interested in what's going on um, on that side. Even last year. When I was in the playoffs, I, I was paying attention to the teams competing for the title. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think 
I don't know. It's tough to say. How are you going to take Julio Jones out? You're, you said he, he put him in or didn't put him in. I'm I believe he kept lineup. him in his lineup. Yeah, yeah, he kept him in his lineup, so he got a zero. I mean, who else? I don't know what his options were to put somebody else in. Um, you know, I think more embarrassing for Bob, though, than Julio Jones in his lineup is he lost to the buddies who who didn't even have a starting quarterback. I mean, Kirk Cousins still puts up four points, and uh, he manages to tie the game. So I'm sure he's kicking himself. Either way, if he had a guy he could have put in that that utility role and, and just get him a, uh, a couple of points, and he pulls out the, the victory. But uh, if you can't beat a team without a quarterback, I kind of think you, you deserve to lose. True. I agree with you. And we'll jump into real quick to get over this topic and be done with it. The Super, the Super Bowl final, we have the buddies quarterback, quarterbackless, as you mentioned before, heading up against the brothers, who I want to make one quick statement. I think the brothers are going to win. I'll put that out there. I'll let you make your pick in a second, but I want to make one statement. I think Bry, once his team was eliminated, went with Goff to improve his playoff, Super Bowl playoff position. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he did. I think, you know, any, anybody in that position might want to try to, you know, finagle their lineup as much as they can to try to improve their odds overall without completely throwing it, you know, putting a guy in, you know, say that's not going to play or, uh, you know, is is unlikely to score any points. So on the one hand, I, I completely understand what you're saying and I agree with it. I wouldn't frown upon it as much as if he had, you know, clearly tried to throw a throw a game. I mean, at least if you're putting a starting player in that position, I I personally think that that's okay. Um, but you know, I understand people might look at differently with playoff implications potentially on the line. I, I don't remember who Bry was playing, but yeah, I think you're probably right with that statement. All right, well, let's jump into the real, the real important games after we got rid of the uh, the Steve games, the ones he's most important, he views as most important. Uh, playoff game, semifinal, or I should say AFC Championship game, Eaters Llamas, big hype behind this game, game between the two GMs. We saw drama in the sense that early on, it just the the Llamas just couldn't get off the off the mat. And the Eaters were just pretty consistent, not necessarily putting up big points, kind of leaving Gibby with the hope of a comeback or hope of a big performance in the matchup of your quarterbacks who actually played each other this particular week. Phil Rivers and Carr took on each other. I almost would say the game was over before that game even got started. Uh, It was one of the 4 o'clock games later in the day. Wanted to know your thoughts. I knew there were um, some wagers placed as side bets. Didn't necessarily work out, but would you maybe cover that real quick uh, for the viewer, for the listeners, just to understand exactly you know what you guys wrote in your fact or fiction about the uh, Russian clam and and how that was going to go down if things went whomever's way it was going to be. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game itself and the com- communication between you and Gibby and and obviously the, the side bet? Yeah, yeah. Well, Gibbs and I, as you know, Nick, were facing off in YFL also in uh, CJ's league in the semifinals, and we decided to make it interesting, and we're trying to figure out what to bet, and I remembered uh, TJ McNavo had told me about this thing him and 
and uh, Tony had done where it was called a Russian clam where they would take, uh, well, Gibbs described it on the website, but uh, hot clam chowder and vodka and take it as a shot, which obviously sounds disgusting. I couldn't think of, you know, something more humiliating than, than doing that. So we agreed on that bet, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we all know what happened in the YFL, uh, but outside of, uh, I think Steve's the only one still in CJ's league. But uh, you had a lead going into Monday night, and I had an eight-point lead, had Jamison Crowder going, and uh, he had Deshaun Jackson, and uh, he was, you know, able to overcome that lead. Deshaun had a had a solid enough game. So, yeah, it was it was unfortunate. I, I really thought Gibbs was going to end up uh, taking the, the Russian clan, especially in a PPR league. I thought uh, Deshaun might get yards, but I thought uh, Crowder would end up with with more uh, perceptions and, and be able to maintain that lead. But unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, so we ended up splitting. The, the bet was you had to sweep both games for for a loser to have to uh, to take the shot. So that didn't happen. But, you know, yeah, as far as the game itself and the YFFL, um, yeah, it wasn't really much of a contest. It just seemed like everything that could have gone my way, like Charles Clay, who hasn't scored a touchdown all year, ends up with a touchdown this week. and um, you know, uh, Jordan Howard gets a touchdown, Philip Rivers has two touchdowns, and then everything that could have gone wrong for Gibbs did. Le'Veon Bell, who's been a beast, only gets four points. Derek Carr only throws one touchdown, and then he gets zeros from Amari Cooper, Jordan Matthews. He doesn't start. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who ends up with 100 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, just a really bad week for Gibbs to, to have a, a letdown, but I'll certainly take it and and excited about the Eaters uh, matching up with you for, I guess, what, it's the Eaters' first Super Bowl since 1998. So, uh, yeah, really excited to be there. The uh, the other uh, the other thing that, that our listeners would like to know, or should know, I should say, just to make a point about that Russian, uh, the shot that you were mentioning, Gibby is a vegetarian, and he was, I don't know whether or not he was going to have to have actual clam chowder, but that would have added to the to the excitement of actually having him to have to have something he hasn't had in I don't even know how long ten years. I think it's been longer than that, but yeah, that's why. Well, you you know you on the text chain when we we're going back and forth, and you were saying it would be an even better bet, right? To throw throw oh, you know, yeah, add drama. A, <laughs> yeah, adds a little drama. The only thing though is, and I completely agree with you. It just was unfair because obviously I'm not a vegetarian, so. I didn't have as much to lose as Gibbs, so as you know, we compromised and said he could do like corn chowder or you know something else as like clam chowder without meat, uh, as long as it was chowder. And meat Regardless, was, I, the, the loser yeah. potentially having to be videoed throwing up chowder through their nose, the site would be hilarious. Would have been great content. But nonetheless, it didn't work out that way. You, you uh, in the YFL, you worked out. It worked out to your favor, and you're moving on to the finals. Um, why don't you take a brief second here and uh, reach out to a sponsor, Casco Bay Ford, celebrating five decades serving Maine's coast. Speak with sales manager Buzz Mendoza today to make your dream Ford a reality. I want to thank those sponsors and others, as we'll be mentioning more as we get closer towards our specific preview of the Super Bowl game itself. Uh, we'll cover the, uh, the the other game, the big game that I that I was had much interest in, obviously, the well, uh, Nick, Chickens Nick, Dragons. Yes, Nick, sir. Before you uh, before you get into that, I just want to say they they do a great job over there. 
the sponsors. I've looked at a couple of cars there myself. Great job. Castle over there. Bay Ford, been there forever, right? It's a, it's a nice location right there off of Route 1 on the border of uh, Found, uh, Yarmouth and Freeport. A nice little spot for, uh, for a Ford pickup truck. If that's uh, that's something of interest to you you listeners out there, I'm more uh, of a fusion remember, guy myself. But hey, you know whatever floats your boat. True, the sales manager Buzz Mendoza over at Casco Bay would be able to help you out with that. Well, I would imagine uh, the Chickens Dragons. Um, hey, what did I predict? What did I say? I think I said 65-30 was going to be the final score, and it was actually even worse: 68-29, a 39-point throttling. No one really wanted to back me. Everyone was ready to jump on me. I was kind of preparing myself for a rebuttal if I had only won by a small margin or had, had been upset by the Dragons. I knew I was going to get jumped on, but I was ready to back it up, and I, my team did it itself. So, you know, the, the chickens were were there. They brought their A game. Uh, Drew Brees, you know, did his Drew Brees thing. I knew it wasn't going to happen three games in a row. He'd had two stinkers both of which really didn't matter to the chickens at that point in time. So it was kind of perfect timing, a little luck involved, I'm sure, but you need that along the way. And uh, like you bring, bring me back to my Grace and Allen comment. I mean, it makes uh, Mike and I and the chickens the great villain in this league where you make a bold statement, prediction, and uh, people all root for you to be dead wrong, to jump on you, and uh, hurts even more when I'm right. So i got to say again, boy, was I right, and uh, the chickens were there. Yeah, you you were right, Nick, and I thought it was going to be a lot closer. And uh, I was surprised that, you know, it's kind of similar to the Eaters and the Llamas in in the sense that, you know, everything that that could have gone right for you, you know, did. Although maybe not everything, but you had some big performances, obviously getting four TDs from Drew Brees and 308. McCoy had a nice day, right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things went well for you and Aaron Rodgers, the league MVP didn't show up, puts up a zero. And as soon as that happened, uh, John was done. Um, you know, his other guys, outside of his kicker, nobody really had a great game. So, yeah, I mean, you, you blew him out just as you predicted. I was a little surprised, to be honest. I thought it thought it would be closer. Um, the Dragons but, are showing their age, really. I mean, Forte and Gore, I mean, they, they, they've, they've sustained all season, which is incredible. It seems like it's they've been here forever, as everyone has always pointed out. But it seems as though Forte's getting hurt, uh, Gore not getting the goal line carries. Uh, John and I were texting a little early on in the 1 o'clock games discussing the fact that guys, uh, Gillisley got the first uh, goal line carry, I believe, for the Bills, and then and then Gore loses it to uh, Robert Turbin, of all people. And, and, and lo and behold, we're, we're sitting there waiting for the first touchdown to happen, and, and in the whole both title games, it turns out to be Charles Clay, I believe, with the first touchdown of the outside of the Thursday night game. A uh, little little surprising, but then the, things settled down in the four o'clock games for the for the chickens, and and uh, and also towards the end of the one o'clock games with uh, McCoy finding the end zone a couple times and getting getting his hundred yards. Um, it's, Very quick it's, question for you, Nick. Sure. Are you nervous with? Uh, Devontae Adams at all with with dropping passes had a chance to, to get on the yeah, scoreboard. Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 obviously you know cover you know our, the players that we're nervous about when we get to the the Super Bowl. But you're you're on point with that. I'm also nervous with the game that's on as we speak. Um, uh, I have many Giants fans in my office 
um, with my close relative proximity to New York City. And we all, I was talking with them all, all week uh, about my fear with this game. is It seems as much of a layup for the Giants to win, uh, which typically means that Eli is going to be a stinker and throw four interceptions and the Eagles are going to blow them out like they've done the last two years, I believe, if I'm correct, at, at, in Philly. They've uh, had the, the Giants number, and that's gonna what that's going to do, the next domino to fall is it's going to lead the Cowboys to have absolutely nothing to play for other than the rushing record, rookie rushing record for Elliott. They've won the division. They've won, will have won the division. They will have secured home field throughout. If they were smart, they would really marginally play Elliott. That's my bigger fear versus um, Devontae Adams because whatever I get out of Devontae Adams is pretty much a bonus and it has been all year. I mean, granted, it's been it's been a, a good ride with him. But Elliot's been the beast. Elliot and Breeze, those two have been my guys that really have been the point getters that I've you know consistently depended upon. And the likelihood that this Giants can't turn things around at the moment, I saw it was fourteen to three. I don't have it on in front of me, but um, that's they not just gonna they just well. scored. The Giants just scored. But Eagles scored as well, so it's twenty-one thirteen in the half. It's almost halftime. Looks like there's no defense being played. Oh yeah, I just turn it on now. Um, twenty-one thirteen, a one-score game. Hopefully the Giants can turn it around to force the Cowboys to have to play their starters for the whole game. That's that's my biggest concern. But uh, uh, now let's let's jump up. Oh, before we do, I'm getting uh, our producer here is telling me we need to get another sponsor word in. Linkless Funeral Home. Uh, we all know that uh, right there. Uh, Linkless Funeral Home. Actually, their address is not Portland Street. It's 1 Mayberry Lane, Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, they're a proud member of the Dignity Memorial Network of Funeral, Cremation, and Cemetery Service Providers. And don't you go dying on us, but if you do, give us a call at Linkless Funeral Home. I have I'll a few right random now, questions. Right now, What's that? Just again, just to acknowledge our sponsors, i got to tell you, when I die, I'm definitely going there. I I, you know, I might, I might even have to, if I'm, if I'm not living in Maine in my retirement years when I'm ready to croak, I may just request to be, to be, to have my service uh, perform there. Gorgeous. Oh, you got to do it. Beautiful it's a great, great place to do a bang up job. Uh, you know, it, it's not even like the person's dead, to be honest with you. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. While they're, I'm sure they cater as well. So, I mean, who you, they cover all bases. Random question time before we get to the big the big predictions for the Super Bowl. Um, sent you these questions real quick just so we could have some ideas to some to, to to just kind of cover. Who would be your first pick in a current day all YFFL flag football game? Seems kind of obvious, but I wanted to know your thoughts. I just I need to uh, get a qualifier here. Are we talking right now or in the person's prime? Right now. That's a great question. I, whew, I might have to go with, man, I, I would have said Chris Davidson, but he's got the bum knee and he yeah, can't. That would have been my thought. Yeah, he can't move like he used to, though. I think, you know, he's, remember when Vin Baker started drinking again and the Celtics <laughs> signed him and he was just, you know, that's Chris Davidson now in flag football. So I can't pick him. You know, gosh, I mean, we're all so old right now. I mean, I might just pick myself, Nick, to be honest with you. I've been there you go. 
I've been in good shape. I've been running on the treadmill. I'm feeling pretty good. I still got good hands. Yeah, you know what? I'm picking. I like the confidence. I like the confidence. I would have. I mean, I would have thought you would have gone down the Chris Davidson angle. I mean, to give the guy some credit, he looks as though I haven't seen him in person in a while. Pictures on Facebook and other things looks as though the kid hasn't aged, other than growing a hipster pubic hair beard. But I mean, he looks young, spry, still athletic ready to run around, didn't know that uh, you gave me some uh, Chris Mortensen inside information about his knee. I didn't know that. Good to know now if I if I have to have the YFFL um, alumni flag football game at this point in time, I might reconsider my Chris Davidson thought. Next question. Do you recall the last time this, – this might be a good question to ask many of our listeners. Do you recall the last time you saw Anthony Aceto in person? You know, Nick, I don't know that I've ever seen Anthony Aceto in person. I know we went to the same Ooh, high I like school. That. I know he's in the league. Uh, I've sent him some emails. I've seen him uh, on that Google Hangout thing we do for the draft. Um, but, yeah, you know, he's one of those guys that I know exists, but I can't prove it. <laughs> I got it. I, I like that. I, it's, it's sort of like the um... – what was that show, Tim the Toolman Taylor kind of thing, uh, Home Improvement, where the guy yeah, was on yeah. the fence? That's yeah, a Cito team. Okay, I like that. Yeah, exactly. I actually can't recall the last time I saw him. I might have bumped into him at the, a clam festival many years ago. I know I was supposed to – it was going to be the largest gathering of YFFL people at Steve's wedding uh, a few years ago, years ago now. I don't remember what year you got married, Steve. Um, but Stacy was actually in a wedding that same weekend. We were unable to go. I think that would have been my opportunity to see him, but it's uh, like, uh, you know, all things that pass, you know, two ships passing in the night. I guess I would never, you know, who knows when I'll get to see him again. You um, notice, too, in the in the draft, too, in the Google Hangout, it always looks like he's in, like, a like some sort of dark area, like a closet or something. I, I almost wonder if he's trying to stay hidden. Yeah, he's kind of like the butler in the movie, Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Very sneaky, very sneaky. <laughs> Uh, well, a couple more questions before we get on the Super Bowl. Kevin Sansone, there's kind of a I need I need a a YFFL insider perspective. Um, do you think he has any regret after last weekend's results of skipping over you for GM duties of the Llamas when the decision was made to go with Gibbons? You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe in hindsight, but I, I can't imagine that when he chose Gibbs that I was even on his radar, to be honest with you. Okay. And the other thing with Kevin is you got to wonder if there's, and, and I've kind of proposed this in, in the fact or fiction, but is he even excited to see Gibbs do that well? And I know he was very hands-on, at least according to Gibbs, early on with his GM duties, and it seems like the last couple of years he's really kind of backed off a little bit and let Gibbs run the show, and now Gibbs is seeing all this success. I have to ask, do you think maybe Kevin resents Gibbs a little bit that he's getting all this success now that Kevin's backing off a little bit? I like that, I like that storyline. The potential for drama behind the scenes where jealousy of one's own team, that's a very, that's a very soap opera-like, but I could see it happening in the Kevin Sanson household behind a box of Franzia. I like yeah. it. I don't know where I don't know where I stand. I, I, I think it's I'd love to be a fly on the wall 
for the next interaction between Kev and Gibbs as they discuss the direction of the franchise and where they'll they'll focus come draft time. And where Kev will start leaning on Gibbs more for advice come the draft. As we know, Kev thinks, you know, next year is the Huskers' year. Maybe one piece to the puzzle is missing, and the draft could, you know, provide that. Would Gibbs' insight be worth more than what Kev would have thought before? I like that. I, I do see that coming. Could be something to, for, for our listeners to pay close attention to and to see what drama could unfold in the future. Last question. This one's a little bit of a hot topic. Not necessarily, you know, it's on people's minds, but it's it's kind of one that could, uh, you know, ruffle some feathers. Who do you think right now is the worst owner in the YFFL? Owner or general manager, I guess we could put everybody in there. Yeah, yeah. I would say it has to come down to Aceto or Bry. And I'm going to give the edge, at least in the sense of being the worst, to Aceto because I think Bry has done a little – well, actually, here, I, I might be wrong on this. Who, Bry had – who had Greg Olson? Was it Bry or was it Aceto? Mike – Mike had him with the buddies, traded him okay. to Brian, Brian and the Bear. Okay, so actually, so neither one of them made a trade then, right? Brian or Aceto? Brian traded, Brian made a trade for Greg Olson. Yeah, Brian made with the Bear okay. in hopes of yeah, making, right. Right, okay. So Brian, Brian, you know, and obviously that backfired, uh, but I'll give Brian credit for at least trying to make a move. I think... With Tito, and, and I think you've experienced this as well, it's really tough to make a deal with him because he falls in love with his players. And you can see it, like in the draft, he'll cut a guy that's not doing anything, and then he'll draft him, like, in the fourth or fifth round just to get him back on his roster. And that's just a sign to me of some guy that always overvalues his players. And you can't make a deal with that guy because he's going to want the moon and back uh, – you know, so you're going to overpay for any player on that guy's roster. Whereas Brian, I've made deals with Brian in the past. I don't know if you have, but Brian yeah. seems a little bit more open to make deals. But I think Brian will be able to turn his teams around more quickly than Aceto because Aceto is only going to be able to build through the draft or through getting lucky uh, on the waiver wire. I like that. And I think you might have answered a question as to why Aceto always appears as though he's doing the draft from a closet. Have you ever heard the term roster baiting? Maybe that's what he's doing at the same time. I don't know. We all know Steve does it. He just gets too overly excited about his own guys, unwilling to trade unless it's an absolute lopsided deal. Steve, on the other hand, is more likely to to be a little more rational. I get it. Um, Aceto did get me once. For a deal many years ago, worked out in his benefit. Even though he was only around, he got McNabb off me for a terrible running back um, that uh, actually was taken over by uh, uh, Arian Foster. I didn't have Arian Foster. I can't even remember the guy's name who was the running back. Uh, Slavin? Or, uh, I can't even remember. I, I put it out of my memory. Uh, but since then, really, Aceto, we don't see, we don't hear from him much outside of a random forum mention. Would like to hear more from him, improve his owner status at the same time as well. 
on top of putting more into getting his teams more competitive and holding on to guys that really, even though some of them might be in the midst of their prime, he might be more beneficial. He might see more benefit getting rid of them and getting more payday down the line to, to build his team around him. Like the thoughts, yeah. we're going to pause real quick for one more um, sponsor. Uh, this one's by Mr. Handyman. What can our home improvement professionals do for you? Repair the deck, maybe? Paint a room. Service your wife. Repair drywall. And most importantly, repair cracked tiles. Professional, for professional handyman services in the Yarmouth, Maine area, and all your other needs, let's get started. Visit MrHandyman.com. Have you yeah, Nick, Mr. On, uh, Handyman? Uh, Mr. Handyman, I personally have no experience with him, but i got to tell you, I looked up his reviews on Angie's List, and I only see good things. That's I, right. I'll, I saw many, many husbands, working husbands, making uh, some some comments on Angie's List saying, you know, serves his wife very well, and she's happy, the house is happy, and you know what, a tile got fixed as well. Uh, you know, you got you got to take advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves. You know what they say, Nick? Happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Exactly. Let's move on to the to the main event here, the bread and butter of the YFFL, the Super Bowl game. Your first appearance as a general manager and as a participant in the YFFL uh, puts your eaters against my chickens and Mike's chickens and Chris, uh, owner of the eaters, also sitting right beside you in the owner's box. Come uh, the games. One quick thought before we get into the specific lineup decisions, lineup thoughts, matchups. What I mean, it, the one thing I want to comment on is we have a Thursday game, Saturday games, Sunday games, Monday games. It's going to be hard to pay too much attention with all of the hoopla of the holidays. What are your thoughts on this this whole the championship being spread out over four different days? Well, if I'm being completely honest, I don't love it, but I plan to have my phone uh, right by my side. I'll be uh, hiding it uh, between myself and my wife so that I can keep an eye on the games, keep an eye on the score. And uh, I'll just have a very, you know, uncommitting response every time I'm asked a question to try to show that I'm engaged. But at the same time, I'm looking at the games, keeping up with the scores, <clears throat> and I just only hope that I can control my emotions if things aren't going my way because the last thing you want to do is drop a swear in the middle of Christmas when everyone's opening their presents. But I've, you know, really thought about it. I've looked myself in the mirror. I think I've got a solid game plan. How about yourself, Nick? Well, Not bad. I, I will – fortunately, I hope that there will be some – opportunities amongst family members to watch some of the games, maybe not necessarily the Red Zone channel. Um, while we're uh, sitting with Grandma at the table, so, uh, you know, great-grandma enjoying the, uh, the the dinner and whatnot, I will definitely be scooting away. Uh, excuses will be pinching my kid maybe to run away, one of them, to run run away from the table so I can go check out a game or two. But as we jump into the lineups here, I'll, I'll run down – let me know if you got any changes or anything that might, you know, thoughts that you might be making as far as um, your lineup. But right now it's Phil Rivers, Howard Ingram, Antonio Brown, Sanders, Lucky Charles Clay, 
Caleb Sturges and Jameson Crowder as your flex. With the chickens, it's going to be Drew Brees, Ezekiel Elliott, Deshaun McCoy, Devontae Adams, Marius Thomas, Jimmy Graham, Hauschka, and Spencer Ware. Wait, I want Nick, to cut down. So yeah. you're, you're, gonna, you're going with Brees. I saw it earlier. There was, there, was a time, in there. there was a time where the thought of putting Bortles in there uh, did pass, but that was a, that was a quick thought. Um, sort of like a, a toot in church just goes and you ignore it. Um, Phil Rivers, I want to look. Down, I want to go down through your lineup and, and just you know, Phil Rivers has a solid matchup at the Cleveland Browns. And the one thing when I was trying to figure these lineups out and figure out the matchups, I saw it had the the ESPN ticker or uh, schedule had uh, tickets. It said how many available tickets there were and what price they were starting at. I could not believe that the, the Philip Rivers San Diego Chargers are at Cleveland. Tickets start at nine dollars. You know they're going to pay you. NFL game. They're usually in the hundreds or the fifties or sixties at least for the cheapest nosebleed seconds. I at assume Cleveland, they're they're paying you nine dollars to go to the game, right? Nick? <laughs> That's a good thought. I know to sit in Cleveland. First of all, to be from Cleveland has got to be a disappointing thing. But what are your thoughts on your lineup before I, I touch base with mine? Uh, fears, things you're confident about, things you're nervous about. Well, I mean, look, you can't ask for a better matchup with your quarterback, which, as we all know, in the YFFL, that's the most important uh, spot in your lineup. So going at Cleveland, horrible defense. Um, I think isn't I think I saw today Hayden might be might be done for the year, or he's he's banged up anyway. Um, so they they have no secondary. Teams have been running all over them, but uh, you know maybe. It, it, I guess it doesn't help me. Like obviously, if I have Phillip and, and Melvin in the lineup at, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I'm better off. But if Gordon's going to be out um, and they don't really have a running game, I think they'll be forced to pass a little bit more. So I love that matchup for Phillip uh, at Cleveland. I think I'm going to get three touchdowns out of him, which I absolutely am going to need. To, to stay in this game against you because I have a lot of question marks elsewhere in the lineup. But starting at quarterback, I'm very, very excited with that Cleveland matchup. I'm not as excited uh, with some of the other matchups I have. Uh, but if Phillips can give me three touchdowns, I think I have a, I have a chance. Jordan Howard, Washington, at home Saturday. Good opportunity for him to, you know, to find the end zone again. Should be a relatively high-scoring game. Haven't checked the over/under. Mark Ingram, to me, it sounds like he's due. He just hasn't scored. He's whined lately for not getting the ball enough, and for Tim Hightower getting the goal line carries. I'm worried he's going to get, you know, at least one carry where Drew Brees throws a deep bomb and he's somebody's tackled at the one or two, and he finds he's the beneficiary. Well, didn't. Didn't uh, Brandon Cooks? He had he had zero targets one game. He complained and whined after the game, and, and he had a, a big week the next week, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. not to say that that's necessarily going to translate with Mark, but I mean there is a, a history there with the Saints that uh, the squeaky the squeaky wheel seems to get the grease there. True, and then and then we'll jump down through your wide receivers. Tony Brown's going to get his ten points. Kind of, you know, you can kind of cash that in already. Emmanuel Sanders, that game scares me. I have two guys going in that game as well. At Kansas City, could be one of those 13-7 games or something ridiculous where 
and, and the touchdowns could be defensive, which would not help either one of us. That's a toss-up. Um, Charles Clay, you never know. Um, going to play, I believe it's his old team, right? He's going to play Buffalo. Didn't he play for Buffalo? Uh, no, Charles Clay is with Buffalo. I mean, I'm Miami. sorry, versus uh, Miami. Sorry, Miami. Yeah, Miami yeah, he was at he was in Miami. You're correct. Before he went to Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. So they're, maybe they're going to find a little revenge factor or something. And Matt Moore seems to like him, and he's going to be starting again. So that's going to be to your benefit. Caleb Sturgis, by the way, wanted to make mention as uh, we've had you, me, and Gibby had had a little uh, text. Uh, group here, uh, what are your thoughts before we cover the chickens lineup? What are your thoughts on having basically the waspiest lineup and the waspiest names on your roster? Do you have an affinity for people with names such as Philip, Charles, yes. and Caleb? Look, I what are your thoughts? I'm just on to to, to the Super Bowl. I can't speak to to any of these accusations. I think. They're inflammatory. I think they're not based in truth. And yeah, I have a, a player, a player named Philip. I have a player named Caleb. Uh, and we're proud of our our team. We support uh, all kinds of names. Uh, we have Jordan. We have Jameson. We have Antonio. We have Emmanuel. Uh, so I think these accusations are completely unfounded. And as the general manager of the Apple Eaters, we stand by the players we pick and we support their first names. All right. Okay. I like that you're supporting their first names. It's very it's a strong stance, but that's what's needed at this point in time. Uh, let's jump into the chickens. Um, like I you know, was mentioned, Drew Brees, Zeke Elliott is my biggest concern. Hopefully this game turns around uh, before the night's out and the, the Giants defense actually starts playing to force Ezekiel to, to – he's got a juicy matchup. Detroit's – not that been not that great against the run. Their defense has been pretty good. He's at home. It's going to be Monday Night Football. He's going to want to find something else to jump into, whether it be another Salvation Army bucket or whatnot. Um, but who knows? He might only see the first half, and if he doesn't get a score, that could really handicap the the lineup and the, the possibility of scoring. Sean McCoy, like you mentioned, has Miami. Uh, good game, good opportunity to find the end zone. Could um, could continue, but he could also come up with a with a bum hammy or quad or something. He's been a kind of a pussy of late, um, but has been able to manage to stay on the field for most of the year. Devonte Adams, we mentioned before, he's got a very tough matchup with Minnesota defense in the cold at home at Green Bay. Who knows? It could be you know, just run the ball because it's too cold. We know Aaron Rodgers likes to throw it. He could not trust – maybe maybe he's lost trust in Devontae Adams. He dropped two touchdown passes last week. Uh, well, basically looks like, you know, catches we would – you know, even Chris Davidson with his bum knee would make. Demarius Thomas, like I mentioned before, Kansas City Chiefs at Kansas City, probably going to be damn cold. The, the quarterback situation in Denver is kind of an abortion – it's tough um, for me to really count on points from him, but I'm really actually going to go on a limb and think Jimmy Graham's going to be my key this week. He's got Arizona at home, kind of a rivalry game. The teams beat up on each other. He hasn't found the end zone in a while. I could, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going to get two scores this week, 
and kind of buoy some of the lacquer production I may get from Elliot. Uh, and then it's going to come down to, you know, whether or not I get, you know, a touchdown from Spencer Ware finally against Denver's weak run. They gave him two opportunities last week on third down, and then again on fourth down, he couldn't get one yard to get in the end zone. Um, I'm a little worried about that, but if I get something there, I'm going to be hopeful um, because Drew Brees is going up against a tough Tampa, Tampa Bay Tampa Bay team. He is at home, though. The Dome is his, you know, where he goes off. And I see uh, – I'll make the first prediction. I'll be the first one to say something. I see, unlike last week when I was very confident the game was going to be a blowout in the chickens' favor, I see a very close game as I go down through the lineup, and I'm going to go – I'm going to still stick with my chickens. I'm going to say the game is going to be in the 40s. I'm going to say 48-42. Chickens win by six points. Uh, hopefully it has nothing to do with kickers on either end. I can't. I hope one of us does not win because of a, of a bleeping kicker. Uh, I hope we get you know equal points there, and it just takes one of our position players to win it for one for for us. And the chickens will will get a will get a, a late Spencer Ware touchdown on Sunday night football, and I won't have to to worry about too much production out of Ezekiel Elliott if uh, the Giants don't turn things around. What are your thoughts and your prediction? I I like your prediction, Nick, and and I'll go I'll uh, I'll go along with your score, and I I'll just say it could get flipped. Um, I, I like the prediction, but I'm thinking, especially with Denver, right? Like you have Emmanuel Sanders and you have Jamaris Thomas, and it seems like teams tend to focus on on one or the other, right? They put their best corner, maybe give some safety help to to one receiver versus the other. Um, I think personally, Demarius is due for a touchdown. I think his last touchdown was week in week ten, and I think that does give you the edge, but. They pay extra attention to him, see him more as a threat, and Emmanuel is able to to work with a little bit more single coverage and is able to get in the end zone. That's the six points that puts the eaters over the edge versus if it's the other way around, if Damaris finds his way into the end zone, I think you pull it out for you. What do you think about that? It's going to be decided Sunday night football. So Monday night hopefully won't matter for either one of us um, well, more for you than for me because I don't want to really rely on Elliot on Monday Night Football if these Giants can't turn things around here in the, in the second half of this game. All right, I, I mean we're gonna say we're gonna agree on the score. We know it's we don't think it's gonna be a, bi- a big uh, barn burner. It's gonna be a tight one. I favor the chickens by six, forty-eight, forty-two. And are, are you gonna come out and say you favor the chickens or you favor the eaters by six? Yeah, I think I'd be foolish to say that uh, the Eaters are favored with this with this lineup. I, I definitely think your team's favored. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the edge. I just think it could come down to, you know, a six-point game, and it might be that Emmanuel scores a touchdown and Demarius doesn't. And that doesn't mean Ezekiel doesn't get his uh, on Monday. I mean, you know, that could be the Eaters up uh, 18 Sunday because Emmanuel scored and then uh, Ezekiel ends up with 12 on Monday. Um, but look, I mean, we, we've you've done the lines a, a long time. Uh, you see how, you know, it kind of looks on paper and how it plays out, and it, it really is unpredictable. I mean, at the end of the day, I think uh, you have the slight edge, but uh, one of us is going to have things go our way, and the other 
is in, and uh, it, it might come down to, you know, some of these lesser players having a big game. I know you mentioned kickers. You don't want it to come down to kickers, but uh, you look at uh, Sturgis right now, he's got three points. Um, if that holds and he only gets three, and Seattle has trouble putting it in, into the end zone, and uh, Hauschka, or whatever his name is, ends up with 12, you know, that could be the difference. So a lot of things uh, in play here. Uh, hopefully it is a good game. I mean, obviously I'd, I'd love to have everything go wrong like it did last week for, for Gibbs and the Llamas and for the Eaters to cruise to a Super Bowl. Uh, but, you know, often in the championship game it doesn't play out like that. So I do think it will be a close game, and I think we'll both be sweating it out. I'm sure we'll be sending a lot of texts back and forth. Um, but for our audience well, out there. Here. What's, what's your prediction? We need a prediction. Okay. You gonna win? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the chickens pull it out. I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stick with your original prediction. I think forty eight, forty two chickens pull it out. Oh. You heard it here, folks. Brought to you by Yarmouth Boatyard. Yarmouth Boatyard provides easy access to Casco Bay and is a friendly contributor to the Yarmouth Chamber of Commerce. Unlike those other guys across the river at the Royal River Boatyard and Boat Repair. Again, Yarmouth Boatyard for all your boating needs. All right, well, that's, that's going to sum it up, and, and, and we'll cut it short. Well, not really cut it short. It's actually been a long one, and uh, thanks to our listeners for, for staying with us. We both believe the, the chickens are going, to, are going to take the title. They're favored by six, but it's what, you know, the big story here is three GMs in the Final Four of the YFFL, really two and two into the finals. Really got to make the other owners in the league think about potentially bringing on some help to get their teams more competitive as the, the owners that are ready to, to take the next step into the new age of the YFFL and how the YFFL will be in the future with general managers helping out and providing guidance and leadership to bring these teams to, t- to the title. I want to wish you the best of luck going forward, but I'm not really going to mean it. Um, and good, I will wish you good luck and mean it with regards to Christmas, getting everything wrapped and anything you have to put together, put together, especially the 